Welcome to the Cure Church Lee Summit Podcast. Here at the Cure Church, we believe Jesus is the cure for whatever you may be going through. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, we pray this week's message encourages you. give him more praise hallelujah Jesus when I think about Jesus and all that he has done for me and he continues to do I can't help but to get loud now if you're not one that normally gets loud something about Jesus that kind of pulls you out of your comfort zone because his love is so amazing his love is unlike anyone else's love let me put it like this can't nobody love you like Jesus loves you can't nobody do you like Jesus does you can't nobody keep you like Jesus does come on that's why I give him shouts that's why I dance before the Lord that's why I worship him the way that I do that's why sometimes because I love him that's why I just sit at his feet quietly and I say Lord you speak I don't want to hear my own voice all the time. I want to hear the voice of God. And this morning, that's what I pray. That you don't hear my voice, but you hear the voice of God for your life. I'm going to tell you right now, just in case the thought comes up during the message. Is this message for me too? The message is for every single person. If you're four years old and you're sitting in here, if you're two years old, if you're 102 years old, anywhere in between, this message is for you. I believe it. It's power-filled, and it has nothing to do with me. I'm not the source of power. He is. I'm not the source. But I can tell you that the message that I have for you you today is not my own. It's his message. That's why I can boldly say it's full of power. And I know he wants to speak. So let's just open in prayer very quickly. I know you're like, when is she going to say I can sit down? Give me a second. Pray with me, okay? And this is what I'm going to ask you to pray for yourself. Pray that your heart would be open, that you would hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Not to someone else, but to you, to me. I've already asked the Lord, God, as I minister, speak to me too. Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning, God, for all that you are doing, God, all that you are about to do in the name of Jesus. Father, we just make room. Lord, we make room for your spirit this morning. God, I get out of your way, Lord, and I ask you to lead. I ask you to guide, Lord. I pray, help me, Lord, just to be your mouthpiece, your vessel, God. Lord, you are all-powerful. You are the source of all freedom. And so, Lord, today, God, I pray that you would speak through me in the mighty name of Jesus, that every heart would be open, that, Lord, we would not sit and listen with reservations or hesitations in our spirit, but, God, we would yield ourselves to your word this morning in Jesus' mighty name. All together, let's say amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise as you find your seat. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, praise you, Lord. I am so excited over this message. I'm just going to get into it, okay? So follow along, keep up. Let God be God. This morning, I'm going to start off by saying I'm on assignment. I'm not here just to preach another message for the sake of preaching another message. I am on direct assignment today to expose the enemy and to equip believers. Just because we believe, just because we're in the house doesn't mean we're equipped. So this morning I'm here to equip you. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments at every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's the word of God. That's a power-packed few verses there. We're going to try to unfold some of that, okay? Today, I'll be ministering about strongholds. I don't know if you caught it in that text, but he's talking about strongholds. We've been in a series all this month here at the Lee Summit Cure Church on spiritual warfare. We're trying to equip the body of Christ. And I personally believe that this is an area that maybe the church as a whole, not just us here in this room, but church body as a whole has not been very equipped in this area for some time. I'm not saying everybody, but overall. And so we're on assignment to equip the body. But I'm talking about strongholds. And these strongholds, I believe, are to do with the mind. So we're going to get into the spiritual warfare topic of breaking strongholds in the mind. Now listen, don't find it strange that you're sleepy all of a sudden. Don't find it strange that you started thinking about what you're going to cook after church. Don't find it strange that you're thinking about something you may have forgotten to do or something you need to do or your mind starts going way over there. We just read the scripture. Pull it back in. Pull it back in and make it obey this morning. Make your mind obey. Why? So you can hear the word of the Lord. Why? So you can be free by the word of the Lord. Amen? So if you notice your mind going over there, thinking about cheesecakes or cheese quesadillas or cheese balls, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, pull it back and say, no, all of that has to go. My mind is set on the Lord this morning. Now let's get into it. Now there's four central strongholds of the mind, and it's not limited to just these four, but these are the four that I want to discuss this morning. Number one is fear. That is the debilitating sense of anxiety that restricts. You ever felt fear grip you and you feel paralyzed, you can't move? That's restricting. Confusion. Confusion causes double-mindedness. One day, believe, one day you believe that scripture in the Bible and the next day you're questioning it. And restlessness. You're always doing something, but you're not getting nothing done. You just stay busy. Anger. Now this produces frustration, agitation, and harm in your life. I got agreement. Good job, baby. <laughs> and number four, despair. Making you believe that life is not worth living. All of these are lying spirits. They're not just emotions. They're lying, divisive spirits. These require inner healing. That's something we don't hear too often, right? They require inner healing and deliverance. So you can go on to flourish in your life. Or in other words, I like to put it as living life more abundantly, you see, because the Bible says that he gives us life 
and life more abundantly. You can be here and have life, but missing out on the life more abundantly. And I believe with everything inside of me, every single thing inside of me today, that this message can take you from the place of just living to living life more abundantly. Now, I can't promise you it's going to happen in an instant, but I can promise you that if you put it into practice, you will live a life of more abundantly because that's what the Bible tells us. So let's begin by explaining what a stronghold is. The Bible in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, we just read it, uses the word stronghold, which must be pulled down in a person's life. Just like I have said before, it doesn't just happen because we are now born-again believers in Jesus Christ. When you get saved, that doesn't mean everything bad goes away and it's all butterflies and cheesecake. I don't know why it's cheesecake today, but somebody in the room must really love cheesecake. All right? It's not all smelling good and looking good and feeling good just because you gave your life to Jesus. No, now you've entered into a battle that you didn't even know existed. There is a battle going on in the heavenlies, in the earth. I believe that this stronghold is referring to the mind, which is located in your soul. Did you know that we are three-part beings? There's more to me than what you see. There's more to you than what you see or what you realize. The spirit, the soul, and body. Now, I find this very interesting. We always use the term saving souls. Have you ever thought about that? We don't say God wants to save bodies. God wants to save spirits. No, he wants to save souls. He's come. The good news is here in your mouth, in my mouth, from the word of God to see souls get saved and renewed. Your soul, my soul, souls we don't know. It's not your body. It's not your spirit. Your spirit, when you were created in his image, he already created your spirit linked to him. But the problem was sin overtook everything. So it was not activated until you gave your life to Jesus. Now your body, that's what everyone sees. So we can look real good on the outside and be real dead on the inside. We can look really good. We can say all the right things. We can do all the right things. Kneel when we pray. Lift our hands when we worship. Put a dollar in the bucket. We can do all the things outwardly. But God doesn't look at those things. Let me remind you, he doesn't look at that stuff. It doesn't fool him. He's looking at our hearts. Now, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and emotions. Remember even Jesus said in the Bible, Father, not my will, but your will be done. That has to be our prayer every day. If we want to be like Jesus, if we want to be effective in this world that we live in but are not of. It's the area of the soul that most inner healing is required. Now the word stronghold is a Greek word, and I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I'm going to give it my best. Akuroma. And that means a fortified or military fortress. Sounds strong, just like the word stronghold. Now this can denote a safe place. Psalms 18, 1 and 2, this is what that says. I love you, O Lord, my strength. 
The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. Get this. And my stronghold. So that, that's the only stronghold we need in our life. That's the only stronghold we ever should desire or allow in our lives is the stronghold of Jesus being what makes me and keeps me and builds me and, and, and takes things out and puts things in. It's Jesus as my stronghold. That means this. I'm going to put it practically. When I do life, I don't just do life. I consider what he would want me to do. That is my stronghold. But... This is not the kind of stronghold that Paul is referring to in our text today that we opened up with. In our text, it is a similar term to today when someone says he's lost his mind or he's gone out of his mind. A stronghold in a person's mind is when a thought, which is usually easy to dismiss, evolves into a reinforced combination of entangled thoughts that become stuck like an incorrect knot that is not easily loosened. That was a mouthful, but it very accurately describes what a stronghold in the mind is. Now, a stronghold of the mind is a spiritual fortress made up of wrong thoughts. It is a fortified dwelling place where demonic forces can hide and operate. Don't be fooled. Just because you got Jesus on the inside doesn't mean you don't have some adverse activity trying to take over your life. I know it's not popular to say, but the truth will set us free today. Come on, the truth isn't always easy or taste good. But if we will receive and apply the truth, it will do. It will turn everything around in our lives. A stronghold of the mind is a lie that Satan establishes in our thinking. It is a statement that we count. you got to hear me. You have to hear me. It is a statement that we count as true, but it is actually a lie. A person with a mental stronghold finds it almost impossible to shake off or dismiss from their thinking, and it begins to overwhelm their mind to the point where they are controlled by it. The things of God will never over overwhelm your mind. They will bring peace. They will bring joy. They will bring rest, but not overwhelm you. Everything begins to be played out through the lenses of the stronghold. For example, if it's fear, then everything is viewed through the prism of fear. Remember whenever we were kids, some of us, and you look through that little whatever it is, or you had that one thing that turned. I have no idea what these things are called. <laughs> Kaleidoscope. You look through and it has all these different colors and things. And when you turn it, it changes and it's just going around. Sometimes when, when you have a stronghold in your mind, that's what we're looking through. You can't see it clearly. You can't make out what it really is. There's a lot of things happening that's distorting or hindering your vision. And I'm not talking about your vision for success. I'm talking about for your vision as a child of God, as a man, a woman of God, a wife, a husband, a mother, a father. Come on. Come on, somebody. You got to be with me today. The stronghold effects. Hold on. I didn't even finish. For example, if it's fear, then everything is viewed through the prism of fear. Or it could be anger, confusion, despair, or even pride. 
The stronghold affects their speech and communication. You can tell what a person is dealing with, not by saying, hi, my name is, this is what I struggle with, but it's because of their speech. What's coming out of their mouth? Because whatever comes out of your mouth is in your heart, but it first started here. So we can tell. And that's not a judgmental thing. I'm not saying like, oh, you have to fake your, your words. No, just, let's, just, let's just take care of the, the um, root of it so that we don't have to try to figure out what's the right thing to say. Let's just get the root taken care of. So you will speak with fear, confusion, despair, or pride, etc. It's not, again, not limited to these things. But they will lead your words and conversations. All of which is not life-giving, but it is death-filled words. They are the enemy's words, not God's. But you don't realize it because there's a stronghold that has been built up in your mind. And there could be more than one. Most likely, if there's one, there's at least two. I'm being real. The person struggling with the stronghold perceives everything which happens to them through the twisted and knotted thought pattern. Find it hard to receive sometimes? Is that all you think about? Is that all you talk about? Is that how you get dressed in the morning? Is that how you function wherever you go and whatever you do? Is that how you worship? Well, if I sing too loud, then people are going to think, shut up, fear. Doesn't matter what I sound like. I'm not singing for you. I'm singing for him. I know I'm using strong words, but I really hate the devil. And he hates me, and we're cool like that. Because if he liked me, that would be something wrong on my part. Like, I am not his friend, and he knows he ain't mine. So if it's been a long time having these type of thoughts, the deception of the enemy has now become in your mind that it is just, it's just who I am. It's just how I am. Or... I'm just using wisdom. Or, it's not my fault. It's always their fault. It's their issue. I don't have the problem. They have the problem. Stronghold indicators. Therefore, binding the person to a life by their agreement to the lie or lies that affects their relationships lived in bondage to the stronghold that has been built up in their mind. Stronghold doesn't just poof, stronghold. No, it's built up over time. That's what makes it strong. You can't go to the gym one time and be like, yeah, I'm buff. You have to go a lot of times before you get buff. Meaning you're not strong yet, buddy, ma'am. You look good, but you're not strong yet. You got to keep going, right? It's built up over time. So how does it become built up in the mind? It isn't recognized and dealt with quickly. In other words, it's left undone. You have come, because it's not recognized and dealt with quickly, then you have come into agreement with the thoughts that feel true. But they are actually lies straight from the pit of hell. Satan himself, because he's the father of all lies. Little, big, orange, green, blue, purple, black, white. <laughs> Why don't they say white lies? I don't understand that. Whatever. They're all lies, and they originate from Satan himself. So you might be saying to yourself right now, 
I don't agree with lies. Like, I'm not stupid. I don't agree with lies. Truth is, everyone in this room has or does in some way at times agree with lies of the enemy. Not because you're a bad person. We're going to get into that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So you might be saying to yourself, I don't agree with them. But the truth is you do when you don't take them captive and speak the truth. Therefore, that's rejecting the lies. Strongholds of the mind, if left unchecked and untangled, becomes a magnet for demonic power as Satan seeks to trap the person in a mental seduction of being imprisoned by their thinking. I have a lot to say this morning. I'm teaching. I'm not just ministering. I'm teaching. But I'm exposing the enemy in a very simple, practical way because I'm sick and tired of the lies of the enemy crippling and hindering the body of Christ. The believers that come and they're giving it their best. They're doing all they know to do and they're still standing at the end of the day. But they're spiritually handicapped because there's things happening here that nobody else can see. Not even you and me at times. So we're going to unpack. We're going to pull the curtain away and show that the devil himself is the one behind pulling the strings. Because I don't like him. So again, if left unchecked and untangled. What do I mean by untangled? Are you one that your mind is constantly like this and this and then, and then you got this and then this comes in and it takes you over here and then you're over here and then you got another thought that does this and then this and then this and then you're all like this. And, and this is a picture of your mind whenever you have tangled thoughts. There's so many thoughts coming at you that you're like, okay, I give up. It's too much. I know I'm talking to somebody. Y'all can look at me crazy if you want to and that's totally fine because... I don't want you to see me anyways. I really want you to see the Lord this morning. But it's true. It's true. Some of us have so many thoughts. It's not just peace and quiet. You know how I know? Because I dealt with it. What about when you sleep at night? I've heard this from people, and I've experienced this myself in times past. When you sleep at night, your mind is still going. God didn't design your body to be like that. At night, you're supposed to rest Recover for the next day. But if your mind is still going, you wake up fatigued and tired and you're just continuing with what yesterday already begun. Entangled thoughts. That is not God. That is the enemy at work, even while you sleep. Remember, Satan's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy you. He does not like you. If you have Jesus on the inside of you, but you let him out. If you have a relationship and you have given your life to, not a private, hidden, just me and God and nobody else knows. The enemy's like, cool, I'm kicking it with you today then. Not me, buddy. I want everyone to know I live for Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my everything. So his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. How does he do that? I wish I had. I should have thought of this. It would have been so fun. A gun with I wouldn't aim, I promise, but I would because that's what the enemy does. Fiery darts. You're minding your business. I know it looks funny in the natural, but it happens in the supernatural even right now. McDonald's. 
Pshum, I forgot to do that. Pshum, how much should I really give? Dang, I should, wish I could take that back. Pshum, dang, I'm really not obeying God. Pshum, cheeseburger, squirrel. I'm not lying. I know it sounds really funny, but I'm being so realistic that I'm telling you real deal stuff. I'm not making stuff up. It's the fiery darts of the enemy. You see, because he wants to steal the word before it has a chance to be planted in your heart today. Don't find it strange. I told you. Put simply, it is an imprisonment of a person's thought patterns. There's patterns to everything. There's patterns to everything. I even heard one person say, I always put my, my left sock on and then my right sock and then my left shoe and then my right shoe and then I tie this one. It's a pattern. It's just kind of something you get in the custom of doing. It becomes a pattern. Well, the enemy lies so much that we don't recognize the patterns. It's not always the same exact word for word lie, but it's a pattern of the same lie. In other words, you have been taken, you have been taken captive. You don't have to be in another country to be taken captive. You could be right here, sitting here, right now, front row, back row, anywhere in this place, and be captive to the enemy. Becoming a prisoner of the enemy's lies and deception. And only you hold the key to unlock the cell that has imprisoned you by not allowing thoughts to run wild in your mind. But instead, pay attention to them and speak the truth, which is God's word to dismantle every lie. Let me add, not only speak the truth, it's not enough to know the word of God, quote the word of God, jam people with the word of God. That is misuse and you will be judged for that. Don't do that. Don't jam people with the word of God. You give them the word of God and it does the rest. In love. Side note, that wasn't there. So it's not enough just to know the word of God, to declare the word of God. If you don't believe it, it has no power coming from your mouth. If the person next to me believes it, but they can't recite it that well, there's more power in that. But if, if this person on this side can recite it forwards, backwards, Greek, Hebrew, English, Spanish, Chinese, and all of that, that's only knowledge. You can puff up ahead real easy with a lot of knowledge. But what are we doing with the knowledge that has so much power? If we don't believe it, then coming from the vessel that, that pronounces it or declares it, well, I declare and decree. They're not fancy words. If you don't believe what you're de de declaring and decreeing, the enemy's like, <laughs> do it again. That sounded good. I'm not lying. Yeah, declare that again. I've been declaring this for 12 years. Yeah, but do you believe it? It's like shooting. But the enemy always. But when it gets there, what do you do? In Jesus' name, the Bible says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So, Lord, I thank you that I have no fear. There was fear coming. I took it down. I dismantled it. The scripture that says to us that we shall know the truth and the truth will set us free, that's what that means. It is not just a knowledge of the truth, but it is really believing it. 
Now, I would dare say that when you've been serving God for some time, actually, you can be anywhere on the spectrum of this. It can be your very, take all that back. The first day, I remember when I first got saved, I believed every single thing that was told to me at that altar. Without like, well, I wonder if they're just trying, well, they're trying to hurt me. They're trying, no, I believed it. There was something in my spirit that believed it. After some time serving God, your belief system is attacked. Do you really believe what you say you believe? Or do you just say you believe it but don't realize that you left belief seven years ago and you just hear? A hollow vessel with the word of God. You're equipped, but you don't know how to use it anymore. You're using it ineffectively because you stopped believing. You got busy and you stopped believing. Don't stop believing, man and woman of God. Whoever you are in this place, believe again. Believe the word of God again. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. Obey and live out the Bible that you read and study. You have to break, break every agreement with the enemy's lies and deception. Anything that lingers, you're allowing it. I'm allowing it. You have to intentionally break them. You can't do it. I can't do it in my own strength. Well, in the name, I can yell at it. So what? That does not move the enemy at all. Matter of fact, I don't even think he yells at us. All he has to do is whisper. But it's where it comes from, what he's saying, that brings the power if we allow it. I've never heard God yell at me, no, don't do that. He says, no, daughter, don't, don't go that way. He doesn't have to yell. So it's not, people get it mixed up. They think it's the volume. It's not the volume. You're in the wrong area. It's not the volume. It's what are you saying and do you believe it? So it's our agreement with the thought that gives it the access to our mind to become a pattern of those types of lies that turn into strongholds in our mind that ultimately blind a person and open doors to the demonic. Are you guys still with me? Okay. This is spiritual warfare. This is the root, the heart of spiritual warfare. Everything starts in the mind. When I was growing up in the church that I got saved, which I'm, they're still my pastors, and they actually sent my husband and myself here to pastor this amazing church in Lee Summit, we have the opportunity. But growing up in church, I would always hear that the mind is the enemy's playground. Makes total sense. He's swinging on the swing, smoking a cigarette in our mind. Picture that, right? He's going down the slide. If they could just keep believing that they're not worth it. If they could just keep believing that they're never going to make it. If they could just keep believing that they're never going to stick it out in their relationship with God. They're always going to fall. That's my pastor love my pastor we need the holy spirit in our lives we need an active relationship with him not just when things happen in our lives but a daily relationship in his presence one that you're not doing all the demanding or or sorry the talking 
He's God. Let him speak. So let's take a deeper look at the types of thoughts the enemy uses. Okay, but before I do, I want to let you know that I, I came across this information and it blew my mind. We're talking about the mind. The brain generates an estimated, okay, so don't be like, she's wrong. It's an estimated 10,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Hmm. That's mind-blowing. Okay, so two different types of thoughts that the enemy uses. Intrusive thoughts is number one. These are thoughts that can pop up in our heads without warning at any time. Squirrel! Might be an intrusive thought. They're often repetitive with the same kind of thought cropping up again and again. And they can be disturbing or even distressing. I'm going to help you out, okay? I've got some examples. Number one is thoughts of doing something violent or illegal. These are common intrusive thoughts. These are not actions you want to do, but the thoughts can make you question yourself. They can cause great distress. Here's a good example. Those of us that drive a car, a bus, a bike, anything. You should just run them off the road. They're always, you know, you try to go around them and they just, err, err. Just run them off the road. Road rage. That's anger. That's violent. Here's another example. Are you just going to stand there and let them cuss at you and yell at you in your face like that? You better handle that. That's not your thoughts. That's the devil's thoughts. You know why? Because that's not who you are anymore. A child of God, that's not who we are anymore. I don't care what block you came from. I don't care what city you came from. That's not who we are anymore. We are children of the Most High God. <clears throat> you know, you should just take that thing you want because you'll never get it any other way. And you know what? You deserve it. You work so hard. That's stealing. The thought of hurting. Now, this one. Don't, don't tune me out, but this is real, okay? I'm getting real today. I'm always real. The thought of hurting a baby or a child. Believe she would listen, it happens, and unless we talk about it, it's going to keep happening. And we can't be deceived to think that the enemy doesn't try that even in the church at times because he likes to go under the radar, he don't want to fly where you can see him. <clears throat> this is real stuff, we don't always like to talk about it. But new parents may have experienced intrusive thoughts about your baby's well being, the thoughts might be re related to accidental harm or on purpose. Here's an example. If you don't stop crying, I'm going to. What if something bad happens to my baby? I have to sit here all day long. Husband, I know you said that I, I really would love to have dinner when I get home because I'm so hungry. I work so hard all day, but I can't. What if this baby that God blessed me with is out of my arms for three seconds and something bad happens to this baby? And I have to have him right here. I'm sorry, I haven't been able to shower. I haven't been able to do these things because something may happen to the baby. Intrusive. Thoughts that cause doubt. Doubts are one of the most common types of intrusive thoughts. They can be big or small aspects of your life. Thoughts can cause you to doubt your relationship or question your sexual orientation. Yep, I've said it. Or you may doubt whether you turned off the stove, locked the door. You're like, oh my gosh. Uh, and I go back three times because I just don't know if I turned it off right. I think I did, but I'm not sure. Example, I'm not smart enough. Cause doubt. I can never do that. 
I'll always be the same. You know what? This marriage is not going to work. He or she does not love me. They keep acting like they don't care about me. They don't find me attractive. You know what? My pastor doesn't even like me. Why'd she put this whole message together about me? No, I sure did not. But I hope that it helps every person in the room. They avoid me and they don't talk to me. Confused about your identity. That is all over right now. And it's so loud and proud that it is sickening. And it's very, very sad, though. As a boy, I feel more feminine. Maybe I was supposed to be a girl. It doesn't start with the different clothing. It doesn't start with the macho or feminine of carrying yourself. It starts with thoughts. Left unchecked, then they start dressing like the opposite sex. They start trying to talk and change their voice like the opposite sex. Or wanting to go to the doctors. You know what? Let's just make it because God got it all wrong. No, he doesn't get anything wrong. He doesn't get anything wrong. If you're a girl, dress like a girl. Carry yourself like a girl. If you're a boy, carry yourself like a boy. Man, boy, you get what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, it's either boy or girl. Honey, either you got it or you don't. It's real, real, real simple. If it's there, remember the ultrasound? Oh, I see something. It's a boy. You know what? I don't see anything. It's a girl. I'm being, I'm being so real because, believe it or not, that can be very confusing to a lot of people because they feel. Don't care what you feel. Check under the hood. If it's there, it's there. I love you. I love you. Unexpected reminders about painful past events. This is a big one. Some people experience unwanted intrusive thoughts related to past trauma. These thoughts are often triggered by something around you. For example, it could be a certain smell and it takes you back to a memory. Experience. You can go someplace and be like, man, this, sound, this feels familiar. Oh, I remember that happened here. And it triggers an unwanted memory. That's called trauma. However, you may not always know what triggered or accused the thoughts. Here's an example. You're in a new relationship, in a marriage. Make very clear. Not hooking up. Maybe you have a new friend, whatever. Meaning, girl has a girl. Not girlfriend. She is also a girl. Got to be real careful. And they say or do something that someone else who hurt you in some way did. Immediately, red flags go up in your mind and in your heart that they're going to do the same thing. They're out to hurt you just like the other person did. They're out to take from you just like someone else did. What about this? You're minding your business and somebody does or says something. There's a song that comes on the radio. I've had that happen more times than I could think. There's a song that, well, I don't listen to them songs anymore, so this was way back. I don't listen to them songs, so you can't remind me of my past with the music I listen to. You only remind me of my future. <laughs> but it reminds you of the person who abused you before, whether physical sexual or emotional it will remind you and guess what happens it changes your whole mood doesn't it it takes you back you're like man I can remember the setting I can remember the smell I remember what they were wearing I can isn't that funny can you remember yesterday all the stuff you did but but those kind of thoughts are intrusive and you can remember every detail about it the devil is crafty worries about 
catching germs or a serious illness. I'm not belittling anything. But it can go to a place where it is no longer really, really using wisdom, but it's coming from a place of fear. I personally believe, you can believe whatever you want to believe. And if you have a problem with what I say, remember, I personally believe, okay? I love you. We're friendly here, but we tell the truth. I personally believe that that COVID virus that just poof out of nowhere was birthed out of fear. And those, okay, again, don't, don't, don't throw tomatoes at me or anything. I can't say every single person because I don't know every single person, right? That's, that's wrong to say, but I would dare say the majority of people that got COVID had some degree of fear, whether they realized it or they didn't, and it was a magnet that drew it to them. Even if you stayed in the house all the time, somehow it crept in. Again, I'm not causing division. I'm just exposing my personal thought, okay? But we can be so worried about catching a serious illness that we isolate. They're intrusive thoughts, and it can sound like this. You can't go out around people. That's a big setting. I can't go there. You catch something, and you know what? Not only catch, but you could die. You're going to die from this. You're going to die. That is an intrusive thought. Can I tell you something? It is appointed for man to die, but only God knows when that is going to happen. We don't even know. We don't even know. So why fear over it? The other is accusing thoughts. Intrusive and accusing. These are thoughts that cause you to look at someone with an accusing expression or speak to them in an accusing tone of voice. You are showing that you think they have done something wrong already. The devil desperately wants to destroy relationships. Your relationship with God, number one, and others, especially in your marriage. He strategizes to break up these relationships by planting thoughts of accusation in your mind. The enemy is called. Don't forget he has many names. Therefore, he acts out in these different ways. He is called the accuser of the brethren in Revelations. Are you aware of his strategies, though? The devil does not like to be exposed. He doesn't like it because guess what? When he's exposed, he loses power in your life, in my life. He loses power. You see, whenever he's hidden, he's got all the power because it's hidden. Sometimes we don't even know. Or sometimes we do and we conceal it. But when he's exposed, he's losing power in whatever area that's being exposed. And that's the way I like him. He wants to stay hidden. In our text, 2 Corinthians 10.5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. You have to teach your thoughts, train your thoughts. Paul is under attack in the Corinthian church. There's a group of people that were accusing him of bad motives and false intentions. If you can't trust that your leader is doing whatever they're doing, speaking into your life from a place of love and led by God, be careful, the enemy might be trying to put some thoughts in your head. Ephesians 6, 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. My problem, your problem is not with me. I, I don't have a problem with you. 
but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What? Evil spirits in the heavenly places? Hmm. Paul is not fighting against the people. That is not where the battle really is. Stop wearing yourself out fighting against people. All you're doing is causing turmoil in your life. You're not fixing anything. You're not making it better. You're making it worse because you're fighting the wrong enemy. When you have an issue with somebody, don't go to everybody else. Go right to that person and don't go all tough because that's the enemy. He likes it. I heard. Don't come at me with that. I love you. I'm not going to act the way you're acting towards you, but I don't want to be a tool of the enemy, and I hope that you don't either. Instead, come with love. You know what? I really feel like there's something between us. Always choose humility. Put that in your pocket and use it every day. Always choose the humble road. I don't know if I offended you or hurt you in some way, but I sincerely apologize. Will you forgive me? And they're like, what? You just dismantled whatever the enemy wanted to do. Whew. You see. So Paul was not fighting against the people. He was addressing the place in which those accusations originated from. Instructing the people to take every thought captive and teach it to obey Christ. You see, when we do not address an intrusive or accusing thought properly from its origination, then we begin to agree with it. Causing us to believe the lies and we end up giving them a voice. If you don't dismantle it, you'll put your mouth on it and you'll give it power with your voice. To manipulate and try to control or hurt others around you. If you recognize that in your life, then the enemy is at work. Doesn't mean you're not a child of God. It doesn't mean that you're a terrible, unwanted, messed up person. It just means you have some work to do and you need to go to battle. And you need to fight the right fight with the right person and that is the devil. So we can pull up our sleeves. Every single one of us in this room, we can all pull up our sleeves and get to work. Because there's some things that got to come down. There's some hidden things that have been hiding for too long. That have been running your life. That have controlled your life. Why is it you always get this far and then... Check what's happening here. It's here. The enemy can't, he can't make you do this or whatever. He can't make you do those things. What he can do is put the lies here and then eventually you just begin to act out. And that's what makes you do this and this and whatever else it is and this and this and whatever else. Come on. Take care of it here. Spiritual battles right here. When we do this, we become a tool of the enemy to bring destruction on our lives, our marriages, and our homes. Pay attention to the reoccurring thought patterns. Take inventory. And when you do, you will discover the demonic spirit in operation in your life. Remember, these intrusive and accusing thoughts gone unchecked by the truth in God's word allows demonic access to our lives. Well, but my door is shut. I wish I could stay here for a minute. You might have closed the door, but you're still in agreement, so they have legal right to walk in. Walk, come out, dance, hey, I'm coming in. Because we've not broken agreement with the lies. 1 Peter 5.8, stay alert, pay attention. 
Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. How does he do this? How does he do this in your mind? If he can gain access to your mind and take over your thoughts, he can mess up your heart and destroy your relationships and bring destruction to your life. It's not always someone else. Most times it's not the people that you can see with these eyeballs. Most of the time it's what is happening here. When someone does me wrong, I don't have to play into that. I just have to recognize, you know what, maybe they're being deceived by the enemy and he's lying to them. So I'm not going to attack back because that only creates the wrong fight. I'm going to love and I'm going to spend some time, I'm going to try to talk to them. You know what, is this, how, how is this? They may or may not want to talk, but at least I'm doing the right thing, trying to help. So stop agreeing with the enemy. Here's a good antidote. I'm not going to read all the rest, but I am going to read this. Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Oh, yeah, there's one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If your thoughts are outside of that, if they're opposite of that, they are not from God. And you're thinking the wrong thoughts. So that's what you're pulling into the obedience of this word. It's not true. I'm not going to think it. I'm not going to give voice to it. I'm not going to agree with it. It's not lovely. It's not honorable. If you feel shame, that's not God's thoughts towards you or about you in any way. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, the spirit of the living God is here. I know it's quiet and it's a lot to take in, but I really want to equip you the very best that I can. I could have kept this thing going because there is so much to this topic. But I encourage you, get in the word, study. If you're dealing with this, even if you're not in the moment, get into the word and study the word of God about your mind. What do you do? How do you do it? Come to us. We don't have all the answers, but we'll do our absolute best. We'll always give you Jesus. I'll tell you that. We'll always lead you to him. So we're going to close right now, but I want to read. I want to read our text again in a different translation. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. I hope that you mark down some of these scriptures and that you go home and you apply them. You really dissect them. And get an understanding for yourself. Because right now I don't have all the time to really do all of that. All the way down to the bare metal. <laughs> but if you do it, you're going to get more out of it. This is the Passion Translation. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons. Using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Well, I'm just like this. You're hiding. You're not supposed to be. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude. Another word for arrogant is prideful. That is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God, we capture, capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist 
I'm not moving till you bow. I'm not backing up. I'm not letting up. I know that you're a lie. I always look down, but he's not really there. He's here. I know that you're a lie. I know that that's not true. I know that it's what I feel. But it doesn't line up with the word of God. So it is a whole lie, even though it had a little bit of truth in the way that I feel. It is a whole lie. So you know what? I'm not backing down till this thought comes down to the obedience of the truth that I know the word of God says about me. It takes a lot of work. It takes intentional work. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. It does not have to obey me. I'm just a person made in the image of Christ. He is the Christ. It has to obey the anointed one. I know you thought you were the anointed one, but he is the anointed one. He will share, not share, but he will allow us to be anointed in things, but he is the anointed one. So it doesn't obey me. It has to obey the word of God. So if you're speaking your words, I don't like what you're saying. It's nothing. It's no effect. Declare, know the word of God. Amen? I'm so thankful, so thankful who Jesus is. He's not like any of us. Not that we're all bad, but his love, it, it, he never changes his mind. He stays focused. He's intentional. He's amazing. His love is matchless. You think you know love, but until you know Jesus... You don't know anything about love because he is love. You think you had a good life, a peaceful life. I grew up in a great home. Everything was good. We had money. We weren't starving. All of this, and it was peaceful, and you thought you knew peace. Can I tell you the real truth is that you don't know peace until you know the peace, peacemaker, the prince of peace. And so this morning, I look out, and I recognize there's a bunch of beautiful and handsome faces I don't want to make anyone mad at me, um, that I don't recognize. And I am so glad that you're here today. And I am even more thankful that you got to hear a message that can really change your life. Again, I'm the messenger, but it's power in the message because it came from the word of God. And so I'm so grateful. But if there's anyone in the room today, it would be a waste of time to come into God's amazing house, hear a message, worship him, and you've come in without a relationship with him and leave the same way. That would be so sad. And so here at the Cure Church, we always, always give an opportunity for anyone who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal, not my mama's Lord and Savior, not my daddy's, but my personal Lord and Savior Maybe you were walking with the Lord and whatever, maybe the mind battles, maybe whatever it was, and you have found yourself walking in a direction that doesn't lead you to him anymore. Today is the day of salvation. I say this every single time, but everything starts there. You can't be in spiritual war because you're on the wrong side already. You can't fight against the same side you're on. You ever been on a, a basketball team and you're taking the ball from your teammate and you're, you know, no, it doesn't work like that. So you got to get on the right team. The powerful, effective, full of love and amazing grace team that Jesus is the, the everything, the captain, the master, the 
Every, he's everything. If that's you this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, you don't fully understand the relationship that I'm trying to describe very quickly, or you've known it, but you, you're not living it anymore. If that's you, could you lift your hand this morning because you're the most important person in the room. You are the most important person in the room. It doesn't matter your financial status. It doesn't matter your marital status. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter where you want to go, what you want to do. What matters is do you have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Because without one, I'll tell you the whole truth because I have this far and I always will. The whole truth is without a true personal relationship with the Lord, giving my life to him. What does that mean? I can't do what I want to do. You're right. Because what we wanted to do led us into sin, bad situations, bondage, deceit, depression. I could go on. Drugs. It led us to the wrong relationships. It led us to all the wrong things that were destructive and stole from our lives. But Jesus will never do any of that. Where he leads, it's beautiful. Even if it's difficult to get fully there, it's beautiful on the journey. It's amazing on the journey. So these are light up. I'm trying to see people... Is that anyone in the room today? Because I really don't want you to miss an opportunity. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he stretched out his arms. He allowed them to beat him. He allowed them to ridicule him. He allowed them. And he didn't say a word back. He said, I know why I'm doing this. I know why I'm taking this beating. I know the bigger picture. I know the power in this. And you know what? There's somebody in the room today that he did that for you. And all you have to do, you don't have to die on the cross to see your sins forgiven. He did it for you. All you have to do is say, yes, that's me. I don't understand everything you're saying. I didn't either. But when I came to the altar, something happened, and I didn't even have the words for it in the moment. I just knew I was not going to be the same person. I didn't want those same things anymore. Something shifted inside of me, and it was the presence and the love of God. That's you, brother. Come on up. I'm so proud of you. I told you that last time. Is there anyone? Now, I'm not trying to make anything out of it. I just am giving room for, the, for the God to move, okay? The Holy Spirit. If there's no one else, could we all stand to our feet? Because you know what? We honor when somebody gives their life to Jesus or rededicates their life to Jesus. It is such a beautiful and mighty thing. Father, I thank you. Come on, sweetie. Come over close. Thank you, Jesus. So if you have relationship with the Lord, this is what I'm going to ask you. Can you just pray for them as you pray for yourself right now that you stay strong in your relationship with God, that you don't turn away, that you stay the course even in the worst of terrain of life? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to lead you to in a prayer, okay? And this prayer has nothing to do with me. You good? Okay. You look cute. You're going to look even better when you got Jesus living on the inside. Tell you what, I don't recognize my pictures from before Christ. They look crazy. I, I still have curly hair and my eyes are still green. I say that all the time, but I look so different. Because now I've got the love of God on the inside and it changed a lot of things, even outwardly. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, okay? This prayer is you talking to the Lord. So if you want to close your eyes, that way you're not distracted by the people around you, I encourage you to do that. While we're praying, though, this is what I want because I don't want to waste any time. I know I had a long message, but man, I had so much that I wanted to give you to help you. If this message spoke to you, challenged you, you're like, man, that was me. I need that. Help me, Jesus. Anything, anything, make your way to the altar.
Come on, while you're coming, we're going to pray with these. Can you two come forward, though, so that they have some room behind you? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Come on, you can come be with her, and then you can go to. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And the rest of you, just talk to the Lord, okay? Just talk to the Lord, and I'll lead you in just a moment. Hallelujah. You too right here. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus and help me to live for you. I give you my life. I give you my mind. I give you my heart. I give you everything. And I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I confess every sin, and I repent now. In Jesus' name, I declare and I believe that I am your daughter, that I am your son. Yes, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, praise God. Listen, the kingdom of heaven is rich because two more souls. It's not just two, it's two. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, pray with them. Pray with them. For the rest of us up here, listen, again, it would be wasteful just to walk up to the altar. The altar has, it's just carpet. It's just carpet. If we don't connect with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the source of all power that we need. So I don't want us to get used to someone else always praying for us, and we never pray for ourselves. I don't know what God spoke to you. I don't know what the Holy Spirit put in your heart that you're responding to today, but you, you do. You do, and he does. So can you just take a moment? We're going to turn this song up a little bit, okay? Just a little. I don't want to distract. I want you to connect with the Lord, whatever it is. If you need to repent, listen, we always need to repent. If you need to repent of thoughts, they weren't you. You just didn't know. Now you know. Now I know. We know. Repent and ask the Lord to help you change those thoughts, to recognize the enemy, that he has no more power in your life. Amen. Can you just talk to the Lord right now for just a moment? Thank you, Jesus. A sound mind for the spirit of fear. A sound mind so that I can see clearly. A sound I don't know who this is for, but don't be embarrassed right now. This is not this is not embarrassing. This is life changing. This is free and this is liberty. Liberty just doesn't fall in our laps. We have to step, step towards liberty. We have to obey and get closer and closer to the freedom that we need in our lives. A man, my soul, awake, arise. Use each breath to prophesy. I prophesy. Say, him delivered me.
It's your inheritance to have a sound mind. See, Father, right now, God, every stronghold that's been built up in her mind, God, that has deceived her for so long, Lord, in Jesus' name, I expose it, Lord, and I declare, Father God, your blood, wash her white as snow, God. I pray, Lord, help her, God, and take captive every thought that has been running rampant, God, even things that she thought it was her, but it was really the enemy. In the name of Jesus, freedom, freedom, liberty, God, in Jesus' name, freedom and liberty in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every stronghold of the enemy be exposed to now. Listen, this is for everybody. My prayer is not going to do it. There's power in praying. The Bible says lay hands on the sick that they shall recover. The Bible instructs us to lay hands full of faith, believing that God will and can do what the word of God says that he will and does do. But 
you have to, this is homework. Real talk, this is homework. Everything that's been built up, it doesn't just crumble. Because strong holds. Remember, you go to the gym, you can't lift 300 pounds starting off. I don't care how big and buff you are. You got to start somewhere. Ask the Lord. Make it your prayer. Make it your prayer at home, but I'm going to pray it over you now too. Because I love to demonstrate what I'm talking about because there's different levels, people with the, with the Lord in here, and some don't understand, and I want you to be fully equipped the best of my ability. I'm not the one, the equipper, but I, I help the Lord however he wants to use me. I'm just a vessel. So can you just close your eyes because I don't want you distracted and lift up your hands to the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. You know, lifting your hands is a sign of surrenderance. God, I thought I knew it all, but I don't. God, you are majesty. Lord, you are the one in control. You are the one that is full of power. I can't do it in my own strength. A lot of us here in this place, not even just at the altar, but in the room, we have tried and tried and tried and frustrated ourselves and frustrated everyone else around us and hindered and hurt and done all these things by trying to play like we are the powerful one. You have no power. I have no power. But King of kings, Lord of lords, he has all the power that we will ever need. He's not just an outlet power. He's the power source. So stop trying to do it in your own strength, in your own way of thinking. But instead, surrender all that you thought you knew. I do this all the time. I thought I knew this, God. I don't know anything. Thank you, Jesus, that you know everything. So let's lift our hands as a sign of surrenderance. Lord, you are the powerful one. Lord, you are the anointed one. The anointing breaks yokes, God. And so this morning, God, I pray for your anointing over every hand and heart bowed low to you this morning, God. I ask you in the name that is above all other names. Oh, Jesus. Help them, Lord God, that they would take inventory of their thoughts. They would no longer just allow thoughts to be, but, Lord, they would pay attention. Even when they're doing things in life, Lord, they would not allow thoughts to just be, but, Father, they would recognize the enemy. They would recognize when it is you, God. Help them, Lord. You know, the time you spend with the Lord, that's how you know his voice. The time you spend in his word, that's how you come to know his voice. If it's outside of that, it's not God. If it's not true, honorable, admirable, lovely, all these things, it's not God. It's the enemy. If it's destructive in any way, if it's harmful in any way, it's destructive. And so, Father, right now, every intrusive thought, we expose you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I declare right now, Father God, freedom in minds, Lord God. Lord, that as they begin to pull every thought that is intrusive, every thought that accuses them or even someone else in their life that is accusing, Lord God, we pull them down to the obedience of Christ, Lord God, to your authority, God. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray, Lord God, that we would not just be here and listen to a message 
message that, Lord, I pray, touched and impacted lives, not just in the moment, but for the rest of their lives, oh God. I pray, Lord, that they would truly be equipped, God, that, Lord, they would go home, Father, and get into the Word of God and read it and study for themselves, oh God, that they would walk it out, Jesus, that we would be intentional. Lord God, we would be intentional, Lord. Lord, we're not here to pick at someone else's thoughts. We got to take control of our own minds. Your own mind. It's not, well, you, well, you. Listen, that's accusing. Don't be, a, don't be the voice of the enemy accusing somebody. Don't give voice, Lord. I pray that they would not give voice to the enemy's thoughts in the name of Jesus. They would just pull it down. You could be in the grocery store and have a thought. That girl looks like she wants to fight me. Lord, you have given me love, sound mind. I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you love me. Hey, how you doing? I just want to tell you Jesus loves you. That's how you attack. You do the opposite. You declare the word of God. You don't give in to what the flesh wants to do. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, set free and deliver. Lord God, your people in their minds, God, no longer will we allow the enemy to take up residency in our minds. But, Lord, we would evict him in the name of Jesus, Father. The word of God says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. That's done. That's a sure thing. And the word of their testimony. What is your testimony? Agreeing and speaking the enemy's words out? No more in Jesus' name. Your testimony needs to be that of truth. You may not feel it as true, but if you would just continue, continue. I can't lift this yet, but I'm going to do this right here, and I'm going to get there. Listen, you might feel like you're sad because something didn't go your way. But, Lord, I thank you that you are the lifter of my head. Thank you, Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, we give you all the glory. I thank you for what you have begun in the lives and minds of your people, Lord. I pray, God, that they would walk it out in the name of Jesus, that they would walk it out, Lord God, that they would not get tired of doing good. This is good. Don't get tired of doing it. Lord, if they don't give up, if they don't faint, if they don't quit, paying attention to the thoughts of the enemy that come to hit their minds, if they don't quit, God, they will reap a harvest of blessings, a harvest, and it's called freedom, a harvest, and it's called inner healing. It's called deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. I realize that this was so much stuff, and I might get a whole bunch of people coming to me, but that is my passion. So if after this you're like, man, I really, I just really want to talk to somebody if you're a man you can go to pastor jose if you're a woman you can come and talk to me that's real wisdom if you're married you can come talk to me no problem or if you're a man and you really want to talk to me that's fine we'll go and get jose and we'll pastor jose and we'll come talk together thank you jesus god bless you guys listen did you guys learn anything today did god speak anything you guys are so cool I never met you, but I saw you, all of you guys were in sync during worship. I was like, man, I like them. Woo, we danced, and they came in first time dancing. Thank you, Jesus. You know Jesus loves you, right? Yes. Are you guys married? Yes, I thought so. And then who is this Mr. Handsome guy right there? Is your son? He's taller than you guys, like mine. <laughs> 
Man, God is so good. There's favor on your lives. There's the favor of God. I don't want the favor with man. I want the favor with God. He's going to do something great in your lives. I want to meet you after we um, dismiss right here. If you could just give me one second, I'll get over there, okay? All right, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Cure Church Lead Summit podcast. If you would like to partner with us, please visit our website at www.thecurechurchls.com and click the Give tab. We thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, Jesus is the cure.